Welcome to No Ordinary Ordinary Women, Women. the podcast where two ordinary broads chat about extraordinary women, the good, the bad, and the batshit crazy. Hi, I'm Lynn. And I'm Rose. Welcome to No Ordinary Women podcast. (laughs) (laughs) How are you, Rose? Doing well, doing well, Lynn. How's your week going? It's been super slow. Yeah, it's been kind of, it's been a very, I feel like, like, it's like Mercury, (laughs) Mercury, Mercury is Mercury in like retrograde or something because I've had a weird week. That's what I asked last week because last week was like crazy. I've had my Monday. I told you about my Monday. Oh, yeah. It was like one thing. See, that was my last week. Yeah, it was one thing after another for me. Found out my driver's license expired, found out my passport's expired. (laughs) Um, I was trying to buy a ticket for my dog to go on the train with me and two people at the train company at Amtrak said that I could bring her and two people said I couldn't. Then I went to rent the car. That's when I found out my license was expired. I went on DMV's website and they said, you are an unlicensed driver. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so who's driving the car? Me. How did no, you? No, but I, I just went to DMV. I made an oh, appointment. Oh, you actually went I that went quick? To, I went to DMV. This was, this was the highlight of my week. I went to DMV. I got there at like three minutes to 12. I was in my car by 1216. Are you serious? I've never experienced anything like that, ever. Wow. At DMV. So now I highly suggest if you go to DMV to make an appointment. It was fantastic. And it was busy in there, really busy. So I walked in. You didn't have to stand in that first line. Yeah. You go up, you walk in, there's a little sign. You scan, just check in that you're there. And then you go sit down. And then you walk up to the window. Oh, do you have an appointment? I didn't have the form to fill out. She just let me fill it out right at the window, filled it out, and she was doing everything while I was filling out the form. Boom, we were done. Holy shit. I was like, wow. Did she print it off there or they have to send it to you? They, ha- they have to send it. But to- you I have, have like a temporary. I have a paper one, yeah. yeah. So then I got home and my power was out. Oh, yeah. I've heard about that. <laughs> like what two, happened with that? I didn't even half- check on you. I have no idea. It was out for like two and a half hours. I was like, what is going on? I said, Lynn, did you pay your bill? <laughs> uh, I, honestly, you guys, I looked around. And it's hard. To, usually, I'll, when that happens, I'll look around and be like, oh, shit, is anyone else's power out? But it was in the middle of the day. I couldn't tell yeah. if everyone, anyone else's power was out. And I was like, oh. so I looked real quick. and Because I'm on auto pay. But I was like, what if like my car got declined? Or, you know, like I didn't <laughs> yeah, know. I got knows? really nervous. But no, I had paid my bill. Um, and it was like... Um, it was out for a long time, you know, two and a half hours. So I had to go into the office. It was just like Monday was just a oh, shit show. Oh, that's why you went into the office. Yeah, okay. because I had to work. Oh, my I mean, gosh. they're not going to pay me if I just sit home. Go, oh, my power is out. No. That's what I would do. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, Monday was a day. A day. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm so happy for you. Really good. That was my Friday last week. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, I remember that. You were talking about Friday. It was awful. Anyway. So Rose demanded... That I make the bourbon margaritas again, y'all. So they're so good. They really are. I might good. demand it again next week. Yeah. <laughs> they're seriously so good. They're very yummy. I've been thinking about it all week. They're very, very good. And no one every time I tell someone, they're like, that does not sound good. And I'm like, you don't know. Well, it's just like I mean, what it is is it's bourbon, bourbon and lime. Yeah. Basically right. with a splash of yeah. agave nectar. So it's like something I told my coworker and she's like, That doesn't sound good. And Chris was like, That doesn't sound good. And I'm like, what do you know? Stupid people. Actually, no, maybe no. Chris didn't. Maybe Chris was like, I think he made a face at first and then he was going to make it that night. But because then I it, told him what you put in it. He was going to mix like margarita mix with. See, and I, I was hate, like, no, I don't, I don't think like, you can do that. I think you need to make it like. I mean, you it. could, but I don't like 
like sour mix that much. Yeah. So I just prefer, I mean, this is, you're just using fresh lime juice. Maybe I'll make it nectar. for him this weekend. So yeah, you can do I'll that. Really I'll send him. you the recipe. Remind well, me. Well, I can look on our on Oh, our, you can. There you go. Face, yeah. Instagram. Yeah. There you go. I think. Yeah. I can't remember if when I made him the first time, if I added a shot of s- sparkling water. I don't think I did. I don't think you did either. Yeah. Yeah. So they're yummy, y'all, by the way. Very yeah. yummy. I love Very them. yummy. I could drink like three of them right I, now. I know. We we just started, as you know, because you're listening. And <laughs> <laughs> we're both already more than halfway done with our drinks. So. I'm almost done. I have like two sips left. <laughs> so um, I hope everybody enjoyed last week's episode of... Oh, it was my... Oh, I Ruth was like, Cocker. Ruth Cocker. <laughs> Burks. 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 Coker Burks. Coker Burks. Yeah. I hope everyone enjoyed it. If you have any questions or comments, um, reach out. I'm still actually reading the book right now. The, um, I'm, I'm in the very last like chapter, but I'm still I'm sorry. Oh, and here. I was thinking we should ask the, the people, the listeners, for, um, instead of waiting to the end, ask them to go ahead and give us a, oh, review. a review while they have it open. Yeah, because yeah. Lynn needs to go on vacation. And yes. we, we've reached one milestone, in case you haven't listened to the end of last week's episode. But whoop, whoop. we haven't reached Body. our milestone of 50 reviews on Apple. So yeah. we're like down, what, 18, something like 20? 31. Thir- God dang it. Come on, people. So, so hop on there and just click. We need go. 19 reviews and Lynn can go on vacation. Yeah. So if you're on Apple Podcasts, you just go to the show or the top of the, you know, the, the episode and you scroll all the way to the bottom and that's where you can rate and review. It's not super easy to find. Like if you're not super, if I mean, it's, it's not, you know, it's, 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 it's pretty easy to find. There's like well, five big stars. I know, but you have to scroll all the way to the bottom. Yeah. And so it doesn't, you know, you would feel like it'd be up in the top somewhere where it would say rate this podcast or something. But you have to scroll all the way to the bottom past all the everything. Yeah, I guess so. So do that and then just rate and make sure you put a review in. And so. And we, if you don't, like, if you don't have time to even review it and you're like, oh, I don't want to do that. That sounds like too much. Just scroll down and press five stars and then you're done. Well, no, if you scroll down, hit five stars and then just type in the word Lynn's beautiful or Rose is OK or whatever you want to type in. Um, it doesn't matter what you write. It's neat to have like fun reviews. But as long as there's words in that yeah. review thing, it doesn't matter what they say. Or just write great. Great. Fantastic. Perfect. Sexy, hot. Sexy. Milfs. Whatever you want to write. Yeah. Yeah. Milfs would be good. We like that. Yeah, we like that. Because we are milfs. Mm Mm-hmm. I am, girl. I know. I'm sexy. I'm too sexy for my... (laughs) Okay. Okay. Anyway. So who are you talking about today, Rose? So I'm going to tell you about the queen. The queen of of England? TV. Of TV. Oprah Winfrey. Oprah. And you get a car, and you get a car, and you get a car. <laughs> exactly. She she is the queen. So Oprah is, um, I had actually really enjoyed writing this. You know how sometimes you start writing and you're like, oh my God, this person is. I mean, well, they've accomplished a lot, but it's boring to write about. Yeah, it's not like super exciting. But I feel like she is, I feel like. You, yeah. Is it one of the, it was kind of like with my Angelou's, I just kept coming across more information. I had to start shaving stuff off because I was Yeah, coming. I mean, I could have written a whole lot more, but 
um, because I like to start two days before we record. <laughs> Even though she's had two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Um, I tried to get the most important thing, the things, well, the things I thought were most important. Yeah. And more about her and not just her accomplishments, more yeah. about her life, you know? Okay. Okay. You ready? <clears throat> ready, set? Clear your throat. Get ready. Ready? Oprah girl, wait for you. Just kidding. Okay. Oprah Gale Winfrey was born to Vernita Lee and Vernon Winfrey on an isolated farm in Mississippi on January 29th, 1954. How cool is it that her middle name is her best friend's name? Oh, I didn't even notice that. That is cool, but it's spelled differently. Oh, okay. Gale is, her friend Gale is G-A-Y-L-E. Okay. And hers is G-A-I-L. Anyway, so her name was supposed to be Orpah, O-R-P-A-H, from the Bible, but because of the difficulty of, like, spelling and pronouncing it, everyone called her Oprah, like, immediately from birth. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't know if it says that on her birth certificate or, I don't know. So it's, the way it's was supposed to be spelled is... O-R-P-A-H, but it's O-P-R-A-H is how you actually spell it. Yeah. yeah, that is kind of hard to say. It's not yeah. easy. I wonder Oprah. if... I wonder if people just were like... Did you find her birth certificate online? No, she doesn't have one. She was born in another country. Oh, was she? Yeah. Did Trump tell you that? Yes. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Chris was... Con- we, I had that conversation with Chris last night for some reason. He's like... I don't believe you were born in Hawaii. Let me see your birth certificate. (laughs) Sorry, I sent it to Trump. I called him Trump and he was like, we don't speak like that in this house. Yeah, really? (laughs) Anyway, so her her parents separated right after she was born and they left her um, with her grandmother on a farm in Mississippi. So her grandmother raised her until she was six. For the first six years of her life, she didn't have electricity and had to use an outhouse. Mm. And they had to make their own clothing. They were really poor, really, really poor. And so she would, um, her grandmother would make her clothes from potato sacks. And all the kids would make fun of her at school. Which surprised me because I'm like, if you're from that area, you imagine there's a lot of poor people. Oh, yeah. Of course there is. Yeah. But was, what were the other people wearing, you know? Maybe they could at least afford fabric to buy to make Maybe, clothes or yeah. something. I guess or the, hand-me-downs. Or... The line of like who's poor is kind of <laughs> yeah. Because she's an only child, right? She's actually not. She has a she has a brother and a sister, but and as every... soon as I said that, I was like, wait, did she? So have the a funny thing is, in why. everything I read about her childhood, nothing is ever mentioned about her brother and sister. Hmm. But I and I didn't. I, I actually specifically looked that up. Like, uh-huh. does Oprah have a brother and sister? Because I was like, I, I actually read it because you'll later find out that she has a half-sister that she found later yeah. on in life. I've seen stuff about her half-sister. Yeah. And then it mentions, she was telling a story and mentioned her other siblings. And I was like, wait, what? Like, nothing ever mentioned that. So I had to, like, specifically Google that and look mm-hmm. look for that information. It was very weird. But, yeah, she she doesn't really talk about them. And, I don't know, I think it was um, tense for some reason. I wonder if they asked her for money now. Possibly. You know. 
So her grandmother taught her to read when she was just three. Wow. Um, but she was pretty abusive and um, very strict. Um, in Oprah's book, What Happened to You, Conversations on Trauma, Resilience, and Healing, which I really want to read, she explained, I was beaten for the slightest reasons, spilled water, a broken glass, the inability, inability to keep quiet or still, the long-term impact of being whooped, then forced to hush and even smile about it, turned me into a world-class people pleaser for the most of my life. Which is so sad. That's just horrible. Um, as a child, she would entertain herself by play acting in front of the farm animals. <laughs> so she just always kind of had that, like, oh my in God, her, that's that where entertainment. she got started. Yeah. <laughs> she addressed the church congregation about when Jesus rose on Easter Day when she was just three years old. Oh, my God. I d- I'm not surprised at all. No. I feel like she was probably a handful. So I knew she, she was, was smart, but smart, I didn't yeah. know, like, she was as smart as she is. I wonder if that's why she got beat so much, because she was so smart. And like I mean, she probably, yeah. like, like maybe embarrassed other adults because she was smarter than them or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and then she got in trouble for it. It's possible. So when she went to kindergarten, they skipped her. She skipped kindergarten because she wrote the teacher a letter saying that I know too many big words to be in kindergarten. I need to go to first grade. Oh, my God. And so they skipped her. <laughs> I guess we can write the whole letter. Yeah. You know? That's and you funny. were using the big words in your letter. I she mean, she probably wrote it like totally correct too, with like the return address yeah. and the date and everything. <laughs> <laughs> and after first grade, so she goes to first grade and she tells the teacher, "It's not necessary for me to go to second grade." And so they promote her to third grade. Oh my god! So she skipped two. She skipped kindergarten and second grade. Oh my. Goodness, I know that's that's what I'm saying. Like I didn't know so her, she was as smart as she is. So her grandmother, I mean, this, she owes all this to her grandmother for teaching her to read at a young age. Because I mean, well, it, and it, she's it, just, I think, naturally very smart. Right, but if nobody would have ever taught her to yeah, read, right, like yeah. would she have, like, exactly. because she probably started reading everything she got her hands on once she learned how to read. Right, which that's helped true. With that's her education, yeah. you know, with her intelligence. Mm. Try to make me feel like a bad mother because my three-year-old doesn't know how to read. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Pretty much, Rose. She watches a lot of TV. Well, <laughs> why don't you turn off the sound and just do the closed <laughs> caption? <laughs> Maybe I should start doing Tell that. her that she has to read it. <laughs> Sorry. The TV's broken. That's what I would tell her. <laughs> so at six years old, her m- grandmother became ill. And so Oprah was sent north to join her mother and her um two siblings in Milwaukee. They lived in an extremely poor and dangerous neighborhood. And her mother was busy because she had to work so many jobs to just keep their house and put food on the table. So the mother, this could be part of the reason she doesn't talk to them. The mother kept the other two kids and dumped her off. That's so fucked up. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah, it was like it, it was a, a very complicated or something, maybe complicated situation. I don't know if she had the other kids. I forgot to look up their ages. If they were younger than Oprah, and maybe she had them after. But still, why would you leave your kid? I don't know, yeah, I don't know. It was, you know, back then people just. Yeah. I, I think know. she was doing what she had to do. She was very very poor. And didn't have much of an education at all. So. Um, yeah, so her mom worked a lot and didn't really have time, like any time for her. Right. 
And so Oprah started kind of getting into trouble a little bit. And so at 12, her mother sent her to live with her father in Nashville. And she said when she was there, she felt secure and happy because her father was, he was very, very strict, but he like made sure she had everything she needed and she was cared for. And he had a um, wife, so she had a stepmom and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, she began making speeches at social gatherings and churches, and she earned five hundred dollars one time for a speech, which back then was a lot of money. That's a it's a lot of money now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially for a kid. Yeah. And she knew then that she wanted to be paid to talk. <laughs> oh, same girl. So her mother then called her back to live with her. Oh, now that she was getting money. <laughs> no, I think she just, um, <laughs> I think she probably was just like, I want her to come back yeah. and try again. And so she had to leave the safety of her father's home. But that lifestyle had like a very negative effect on her. And what lifestyle? The father? The, the, the lifestyle with her mother oh, because her mother. she was, okay. you know. Yeah. So when she was nine, this was before she went to live with her father, she was raped by her 19 year old cousin. <sighs> and. Then her uncle started abusing her, like, regularly, like, and... This is when she was living with her mother, before she yeah. went to live with her dad. Okay. And so... So that's why she felt so safe with her dad. Right, because she wasn't being abused. And, right. So, um, she suffered that abuse from the ages of 9 to 14. Oh, my God. And began to think how... that, that That's just how life is. Like, this is just life. Oh, yeah. That's how it is for kids. I mean, they get abused and... I mean, and and when you're going through it, you don't see it as abuse. You see it as, oh, this is something's what happening. Yeah, it's kind of like you know, we sit down and eat dinner at six o'clock right. every night. Yeah, uh, I get, you know, raped every day, but it's it's yeah. not necessarily considered rape in their mind. It's just right. something they probably yeah. don't enjoy that happens, and they just suck it up and deal with right. it, which is so fucking awful. So at fourteen, she became pregnant. Oh my God, did you know about this? I think so. So um, her mother immediately, when she she told her mother, she took her to a girl's detention home to drop her off and, like, leave her there. Oh, my God. And Oprah said, I remember having a moment thinking, now I am officially a bad girl and thinking to myself, sitting there waiting to be processed, that I don't really, I really don't belong here. So she knew that she was smart and that she was better than this and that she shouldn't be doing, living this life, you know, but she... She didn't know what else. She, she didn't know how to get around she didn't it. Know, right. Yeah. Um, she luckily, took her to a detention home and just dropped her off. Oh my god! I know. Luckily, the the detention home didn't have room for her, and so her mom sent her to live with her dad again. Okay. But they must have not told the dad because Oprah said that she hid the pregnancy from him until she was like showing, and the day she told him, she went into labor. And she was still really early on, so she, so the baby was premature and died. Um, he had never left the hospital, or and she had never held him. Oh, and that's so mentally bad. Like I know, and she was fourteen, and at the time didn't obviously understand what was going right. on. And she she said that she really didn't even feel much for the baby. Like, well, she didn't have anybody. She nobody was talking to her about it. Right. So she was like, just it was just like it wasn't there. Yeah, like. I mean, I there's mentally there's so much behind that and emotionally. Oh my god! Like because from the time she's a child, she's being raped and touched and 
all this stuff. And so she thinks she maybe didn't even know how she got pregnant. Well, also, too, she's she's learned through, you know, conditioning to, like, ignore symptoms and signs and, like, things that maybe that don't make you feel good. Yeah. Right? Things that make you feel a little weird or uncomfortable. Right. And so that's probably what she did through the whole pregnancy. Yeah, I'm sure. Fuck. So sad. And she didn't know, like, I, I, I remember as a kid a boy kissing me and... I thought I was pregnant for like two years. <laughs> oh my God. That is so funny. Because I didn't, like, nobody, you know, if you don't know when you're, I was really young, so I didn't know. I just know that you get pregnant from some kind of relationship, some kind oh of relations, <laughs> you know? That's but I didn't so know what crazy. it was. And so, and I didn't, I couldn't process like how long you're supposed to be pregnant. So I just thought I was pregnant for like two years. Oh my God. Everybody's going to be pissed when they found out. <laughs> <laughs> so. She named the baby Canaan, I think is how you say it. Um, and at this point, she really wanted to, she was thinking about committing suicide, but she didn't even know how to do that. And so she obviously didn't. So when the baby died, her father was sat her down and was like, listen, this is your second chance. You're getting a mm-hmm. second chance to make something of yourself. Mm-hmm. You need to do something. And she said that that, like, changed her life. Like, she was like... Like, it gave her, it was her wake-up call, kind mm-hmm. of. And at 16, I added this because I knew you would like it. At 16, she read Why the Cage Bird Sings oh by God, Maya Angelou. So and she said she would read it over and over, and it changed her life and Aww. validated her existence. Oh, that's so amazing. I know. I read that. I was like, oh, Lynn will like that. Oh, yeah. Well, and then, I mean, who at her, at that point in her life... The thought of being best friends with Maya Angelou like, yeah. had to be so far out yeah. of her like vision. <laughs> that's true. And that's so cool, though. So she's kind of um, credits her father with saving her life. He was very strict and provided her with guidance, structure, rules, and books. He required her to complete weekly book reports, and she went without dinner until she learned five new vocabulary words each day. Each day? Each day. Oh, my God. <laughs> so not really appropriate, but... I would have been really skinny. <laughs> Did the job. <laughs> so, which is, this is what, well, I guess her dad wasn't, like, her siblings were raised by her mom. Mm-hmm. So, I guess it makes sense that, because they didn't turn out so great. Yeah. So, Oprah became an excellent student, participating in drama club, debate club, and student council. She won a full scholarship to Tennessee State University. And um, was invited to the White House Conference on Youth. Wow. She was crowned Miss Fire Prevention. Oh, my God. That's so funny. By a local Nashville radio station and was hired by the station to read afternoon newscasts. She became Miss Black Nashville and Miss Tennessee during her freshman year at Tennessee State. And the Nashville CBS affiliate offered her a job, which she turned down twice, but finally took the advice of a speech teacher who reminded her that jobs from CVS were the reason people go to college. So, yeah, like, you need to true. take this co- this job. Like, that's, that's gonna, your stepping stone, you yeah. know? Um, she was Nashville's first African-American female co-anchor of the Evening News when she was 19 years old and a sophomore in college. Oh, I remember her talking about this at one time. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. On one of her shows, she talked about 
her first job. In um, 1976, after she graduated, WJZ-TV in Baltimore, Maryland, scheduled her to do local news updates called Cut-Ins during Good Morning America. And this is where she met Gail Gail King. King. (laughs) So um, they were just co-workers, and they were friendly. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know. And one night there was a snowstorm, and Oprah was like, why don't you come to my house so you don't have to drive home? I guess Gail lived further out. Mm-hmm. And they said after that night, they became BFFs. Aww. Like, they just um, kind of Since 1976. 76, That's yeah. crazy. In an interview with O Magazine, Gail said, we became friends that first night because for the first time, I met somebody who I felt was like me. I'd never met anybody like that. Certainly not another black girl. I grew up in an all-white community. Oh, wow. So Gail came from, like, the opposite life. She mm-hmm. she came from a, like, wealthy family who lived in, like, the suburbs. Wow. Um, and she would, like, I think I read that she, they, she, like, vacationed in France. and Oh, my God. Like, you know, <laughs> they were very wealthy. So yeah. her life was a lot different than um, Oprah's. But they both loved, like, um, Gail was a fan of Barry Manilow and Oprah was a fan of Neil Diamond and that wasn't yeah. common for girls, you know, black girls their age at that time. Right. And they said, it. Um, Oprah said, it's the whole being the odd girl out thing. We didn't fit into anybody, everybody else's perception of what it's like to be a black girl. And True. Gail said, but we still have a very strong sense of being black and we're very proud of being black. So to meet another black girl like that was like, wow. Yeah. Especially in that industry, too. I mean, because it, I'm sure there weren't many black people working in that industry then. Didn't you say she was? The oh, first right. Yeah. Thing? Yeah. So I like, mean, very yeah. little, I'm sure. Yeah. So that was. So them meeting each other was kind of awesome. So on her um, 40th birthday show on the Oprah Win- Winfrey show. The who? Oprah Winfrey. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you're really you get really serious. The Oprah Winfrey show. She had um, Gladys Knight, um, Aretha Franklin, mm-hmm. Patti LaBelle. I remember and, that. Um, she was like so excited, and then Gail came out, mm-hmm. and she started crying, and she's like, "I was just thinking how like much you would, how excited you would be if you were here." It was very cute. Yeah, I very much remember that show. I watched every Oprah show i Did loved you? oprah yeah. oh because you were like a stay-at-home mom at this time yeah. right yeah yeah i used to watch them um i was a teenager but i'd watch them with my friend once in a while i'd watch oprah and then um phil donahue oh that's funny back in the day um we were more into like montel williams oh, yeah, um yeah. jerry springer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like my soaps would come on after school and then oprah would come on or phil donahue and oprah they're like I don't know if they were, like, one after the other or something. I don't remember, but, yeah. That's so funny. So I was kind of thinking, like, what – like, how do you be friends with somebody who is so successful and so rich? Yeah. You know? I mean, Gail has money, too, but she's yeah. not, like, Oprah rich. Right. Um, And I was thinking about that – about Gail and Stedman because there are two – Oprah's, like, two people. And I found this quote – Um. Oprah said about Gail, when we first met, Gail was always very happy with her life and therefore happiest for my life. You cannot have a friend that's unhappy with their life. Be happy with your life. You've got to have happiness to give happiness to other people. Aww. 
And that really, I was like, okay, that's why. Because Gail was so happy with herself that she was, like, just happy for her friend. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Kind of how I feel about you. Yeah. Sure. I'm so happy for you. Happy. So happy. Because I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very happy. Um, I'm a happy. So she was actually fired from that job at WJZ TV where she met Gail. Um, I think she worked there for like eight months. And her boss fired her because she was too emotional because she would get worked up during like the segments and stuff. Because she was passionate. God forbid you show right, like yeah yeah don't show she's an don't unstable show your soul woman. to the devil. <laughs> she's an unstable woman. Yeah, of course she is. Yeah, that's. She said this is one of like the turning points in her life where she was like, "Holy shit, what am I gonna do?" Like, you know, I'm sure she was like, "I'm not good enough," and blah blah blah. Yeah. But as a consolation, he was like, "I'm gonna offer you a daytime TV show, a spot on a daytime TV show. People are talking." And so. That show became a hit with Oprah on it, and she stayed there for eight years. I don't remember that at all. I don't either. I, I saw some clips from it. I wonder she, if it was like a local. Was it a local show? She has show? like the big hair. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's why I so, don't. So um, in 1983, she auditioned to become the host of a TV show called AM Chicago. Mm-hmm. And the show had horrible ratings when she started. Um, Like really, really, really bad. <laughs> And after, like, one month, she was doing, like, much better. And then two months, she was doing, you know, better than that. And then three months, she was, like, kind of competing with um, Phil Donahue. Mm. And then by a year, um, she changed the topics from current women's issues, which were probably, like, stay-at-home wives, you know. Like, like what pie to bake for Yeah, right. Yeah. How to satisfy your husband. Yeah. Um, to more important topics like health, spirituality, literature, and social issues. And in 1985, the show was renamed The Oprah Winfrey Show. Shazam! And they changed it to a one-hour show and broadcasted it nationally. Her show became more popular than The Phil Donahue Show, and by the end of the first year... She had grossed, her show had grossed $125 million. She was amazing. And had over 10 million viewers. Wow. At 32, Oprah became a millionaire. As a result, Donahue, Donahue moved to New York City. <laughs> he moved his show because he sucked. Oh, he had a different kind. I mean, his show was... What was his show? Yeah. It was it was just like it was like Oprah. It was, you know, people like an audience and then he'd have guests on and they would ask questions and he'd run around the audience with his microphone. He was kind of funny. Um, But he was definitely um, I mean, her show was a lot like his at the beginning. Same type of guests. Oh, really? Yeah. Very similar. So in 1985, Quincy Jones saw Winfrey on television and thought she would make a fine actress in a movie that he was co-producing mm. with Steven Spielberg. Oh, yeah. The film was based on Alice Walker, on the Alice Walker novel, The Color Purple. And her only acting experience until then had been a one-woman show, The History of Black Women Through Drama and Song, which she performed during an African-American theater festival in 1978. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'd pay to watch that. She was um, really good in the color purple. They didn't mention her theater show in front of the animals, though. They didn't. 
So I don't know what they were thinking. Those fucking animals must have given her a bad review. <laughs> <laughs> Those assholes. Damn them. So after the movie, her um, the popularity of her show skyrocketed. Mm. Yeah. The Color Purple was my friend Hailey's, like, favorite movie. She used to watch it all the time. Oh, really? Yeah. I couldn't. It's too sad to keep watching. Well, I think she, she had a rough childhood, and I think she related to related it Related to it, yeah. And in September of 1985, the distributor King World bought the syndication rights to air the program in 138 cities, um, which was a record for first-time syndication. What are you talking about? Her The Oprah Winfrey show? Yeah. Let's get it straight. You're first talking about, come oh, on, Rose. Sorry, sorry. I said the, the popularity color of her show. You said the color purple. Well, I said the show. It wasn't a show. That was a movie. Okay, I'll let it slide. Thank you. Um, <laughs> that year, although Donahue was being aired on 200 stations, Winfrey won her time slot by 31%. Wow. Drew twice the Chicago audience as Donahue and carried the top 10 markets in the United States, which is amazing considering she's a black woman. Yeah. I mean, she, people loved her. I mean, I mean, they still do. But yeah. I mean, she was she wasn't afraid to talk. You know, she was very real and down to earth. I mean, I remember as a little white girl in Hawaii watching her show yeah. and loving her. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, Absolutely. What the fuck? In 1986, she received a special award from the Chicago Academy for the Arts for unique contributions to the city's artistic community and was named Women, Women, Woman of Achievement by the National Organization of Women. Oh, that's cool. The Oprah Winfrey Show won several Emmys for Best Talk Show and was honored as Best Talk Show, and she was honored as Best Talk Show Host. Not surprising at all. Mm-mm. She formed her own production company, Harpo Inc., Harpo. which is Oprah, spelled, spelled backwards, backwards. <laughs> in August of 1986 to produce the topics she wanted to see produced. So she wanted, like, control of mm-hmm. what she was doing. Yep. She was the third woman in the American entertainment industry to own her own studio. Third woman, not the third black woman. Third the third woman, woman like, wow. period. That's pretty impressive. Do you, who, do you remember who the other two were? I think it was uh, Rose Stein and Lynn Pontello. Oh, yeah, them. They're so successful. I know. Way before Oprah. But, you know, she did good, too. She came in third. So I didn't know this. You might. You probably remember this. So Harpo Inc. produced the television drama miniseries based on Gloria Naylor's The The Women of Brewster Place. Yeah, remember that? You do? Yep. In which Winfrey was featured alongside... Um, Cicely Tyson, Robin Givens, Olivia Cole, Jackie, Paula Kelly, and Lynn Whitfield. Robin Givens was young then. Uh, the miniseries Gibbons. aired in March of 1989, and a regular series called Brewster Place, also starring Oprah, debuted on ABC in May of 1990. By 91, she was the most successful women, woman in show business. In 95, she became the richest African American of the century. Wow. Not African-American woman, but African-American. Of the century. So, yeah, so Miss C.J. Uh, C. Walker, Madam C.J. Walker, yeah. was before the, her time. Was she the richest black woman? She was the 
Well, she was the first self-made million woman that was a self-made millionaire, not black woman, but first woman. Oh, really? Self-made millionaire. Wow. So Oprah is basically she was self-made yeah. for sure. So she sure. comes in. I wonder where she is in that. She's probably in the top five easily. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? I mean, if anyone's self-made, it's Oprah. <laughs> you know, yeah, but like Tina Turner probably is in the millionaire thing. Yeah. You know, so right. she's older than Oprah. So, but you know, people like that. Yeah, right. So on September 17th, 1996, Oprah stood up and announced that she wanted to get the country reading. Mm. And she announced the beginning of Oprah's book club. I loved hearing, like, watching the segments where she talked about her book club. Yep. She told her adoring fans to hasten to the stores to buy the book she had chosen, and they would discuss it together on the air following the following month. It was that was insane because people couldn't get the book. Right. It was nuts. Do you remember? Like I the, do. It was insane. They like showed like one news channel I was watching showed this like mad rush into the bookstore as soon as she announced that you couldn't get the book yeah. for anything. And the books were all newly released unknown authors. Right. So she was like giving them a chance, you know, which is awesome. The initial reaction was astonishing. The deep end of the ocean had generated significant sales for a first novel. 68,000 copies had gone into stores, but between the last week in August when Oprah told her plans to her publisher and the September on-air announcement, Viking printed 90,000 more. Wow. But the, by the Could time the discussion... Could you imagine being an author? I know. Like, and just, getting poked... Like, I mean, that was every author's dream back yeah, then. Yeah, because you're just like, I'm going to release my first book. I'm so excited. And then all of a sudden it goes fucking bad. It's like, like going people viral. People beating each other up at the bookstore <laughs> for your book. You're like, what? Yeah. So um, once the broadcast was published, there were 750,000 copies in print. Oh, my God. So before she she um, said anything, they only had 68,000 copies. And by the time her oh show aired, she had they had 750,000. Oh That's insane. That's absolutely nuts. And of absolutely course, became nuts. the number one bestseller. And then they printed another 100,000 copies the next year. <laughs> it's so crazy. I can't. I mean, that. Oh, my God. It's kind of like, um, it's well, you know what it's like, her favorite things, categories, mm-hmm. like any, every, like, entrepreneur, right. every, like, creator wants their thing on Oprah's favorite list. Because at, at that point, if you're on her favorite list, you're, you're done. Oh, yeah. You're, you're for real. You're going to sell, sell yeah. out for sure. So after six years, I mean, her her book club was obviously extremely successful. Remember she had that one person on there? It was like a hiker or something, and they, um, the book that came out that it was... A Million Little Pieces. A Million uh, Little not, Pieces. No, no. It was, that's the name of a show. Oh, it's that a million, is true. A Million Little Things or something. It yeah. was something like that. Yeah. It was A Million Little Pieces because the show is A Million Little Things, I think. The book was know. like a million little... Yeah, I, I know it was something yeah, like the, that. Yeah, the, and the, the cover of the book was like a bunch of like... Yeah, like I remember that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and that person had lie. What was it about? It was... I don't even remember it, but the whole thing was a lie. And she had them on and everything. Yeah. And I think... Um, I don't know what year that was, but after six years, she decided to cut back in the spring of twenty of 2002 and no longer have the book club as a monthly feature. But I... I think she might still have the book club, but it's just not like a she does. There's something big thing. There's something about her and books or something on um, 
um, what did I say? I saw it on something. Was it a podcast or something? Because she, you know, she has a podcast now. And I think most of her podcasts, though, I mean, I'm sure she still records new ones, but most of her podcasts are just like recordings of her. A lot of them are recordings of her shows. So the ones she did on Maya Angelou that I listened to mm-hmm. were um, were recordings of her show with Maya Angelou. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, and then the one that – but she did the one with um, – when I did Tina Turner. Yeah. She had done a show with Tina Turner, and then there was a follow-up. And the follow-up was an actual podcast. Oh, okay. It was like when Tina Turner's son died. Oh. Everyone was asking to speak with her, and she called Oprah, and she said, "I, you're the only one I want to talk to. And so Oprah was, like, on vacation. Yeah. And and she said, you know, like, basically she said, I want to, I want to tell my story about my son, and you're the only one I'm going to sit down and talk to. So Oprah came back from vacation to interview her on her podcast. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so. Go, Oprah. Go, Oprah. Go, 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 Oprah. So in 97, she started Oprah's Favorite Things, Ugh. which was an annual list of gifts and items that she herself loved and used. And she would give them away to audience members. Oh, my God. That was so much. The, that that was, show was the You get a car. You, you get, get a car. car you get, get a car. Everybody look that. under your seat and you have a blah, blah. <laughs> oh, my God. I want to be on that show. Oh, my God. I tried I so hard to go to the Oprah Did you show. really? Yeah. Is it hard to get to? Yeah. It, it's just hard to get tickets. I had, so you want to hear a really crazy story? I had, um, I submitted a show request for, they were doing makeovers yeah. for men. And I was trying to get my ex-husband on there. And I was like, he has a beard and his haircut is just like so 70s. He looks like Barry Gibb, blah, blah. And they were like, and they called me back and they were like, oh my God, tell us about your husband. I was like, holy <gasps> fucking shit, the Oprah really? show's calling me. It was one of the the scout people that yeah and we went the whole thing and i was like um she said send me some pictures she thought that he had like a really long beard and he didn't his beard was pretty well kept yeah but i was trying to get him on the oprah show for a makeover (laughs) i thought they found out he was an asshole and they were like yeah well they would she would have that would have been great (laughs) yeah so needless to say uh, we weren't on the oprah show but i did talk to the producers it was kind of cool that's really cool yeah or the i've always wanted to be on the price is right the price is right. Yeah. That's my favorite show. <laughs> I would wear a tube top and I would definitely get called down. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I can see you running down. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Boobs everywhere. Yeah, I feel like they do that. They always do they that. They totally do that. Yeah. I love whenever I'm working from home, I'm like, okay, 11 o'clock, I got to watch Prices Right. <laughs> I'm like, on the prices, I'm right really often. I do I do pretty well yeah. on them. I'm like, I think yeah. I could go on this show and, and do some damage. Oh, I'd get on the show and totally flake and be yeah. like, oh, I can't remember I anything. I probably wouldn't be able to talk. And... Yeah. Yeah. Have stage fright like yeah. Peter Brady or whatever he did. What did Peter Brady one do? Of, one of the Brady kids had stage fright. I think time. this is the second time you're bringing up Brady Bunch <laughs> in our Brady show. Bunch girl. Did you? Yeah. I know all the episodes. Oh, my nose. Okay. I do know that episode. Yeah. Where she got hit in the nose Mom with the always said, don't throw a ball in the house. Don't throw play ball in the house. <laughs> oh, my nose. Oh, my nose. <laughs> anyway, in 1999, she co-founded Oxygen Media, which is the cable network focused on programming for women. And in 2000, she started her monthly magazine, Oh, the Oprah Magazine. In 2003, at 49, she became the first African-American female billionaire in history. Wow. In history. In history. 
And by 2006, she was the highest paid TV entertainer in the U.S., earning five times more than the second highest paid TV entertainer, Simon Cowell. Oh, wow. Which is kind of crazy. I was like, Simon Cowell was the second highest? I knew he made a lot of money, but I didn't realize he was the... He's such a That's cool. He's so weird. So in 2009, she announced that the Oprah Winfrey show would be ending in 2011 when her contract was up. The show ran from 1986 to 2011 and produced 4,561 episodes and won 47 daytime Emmys. And to this day, it is still the highest rated daytime talk show in American history. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That is awesome. And she went out, you know, she went out while she was, uh, you know, she was, it was, she was still high. Yeah. Right. right you know, instead yeah. of waiting for it to like collapse. But I still think people would be watching it every day. Oh, I'm, it for sure. Just I would popular. still watch it. Oh, yeah. In 2011, she launched her own network, OWN, the Oprah Winfrey Network. And that same year, she found out that she had a half-sister. So when she was nine and living with her father, her mother had had a baby and gave it up for adoption. And oh, wow. she never told Oprah. I don't know if she told anyone else, but um, she just couldn't take care of the baby. She had two other kids that she was taking care of. And Wait. Her mother? Her mother. I thought you said her stepmother. So, no, no, her mother. So when, wait, so her mother had a baby when? Oprah was nine. And she was living with her father. Yeah. Oh, And okay. so um, she had the baby at a hospital and just kind of told the nurse, like, I can't take that baby home. I can't take care of it. Oh. And so the little girl grew up in foster care. And so so obviously, like for Oprah, it's a really difficult situation because she's famous billionaire. And you imagine getting your DNA results back and your Oprah Winfrey sister. (laughs) Hell yeah, (laughs) that's what I thought too. Like, I just want to come over and just walk around your gardens. (laughs) That's all I want. I don't want any money or anything. I just want to be your friend. So Patricia, her her half sister, had actually contacted the adoption agency because they didn't have like. It wasn't like she sent it into 23andMe and got DNA results. So she had contacted the adoption agency multiple times, and they reached out to her mom because she wanted to meet her mom. And so they found her mom and reached out to her and asked if she wanted to meet, and the mom was like, no, I don't want to meet you. Oh, no. But coincidentally, this is so fucking weird. The same day that the agency called her and told her her mom didn't want to meet her, She was watching the local news, and Oprah Winfrey's mom was on the news. And I don't know what they were talking about, but she described how two of her children had died because both her siblings had died. Oh, that's why she doesn't talk about them? Yeah. Um, Well, she didn't talk about them when they were alive either. When did they die? You know, I don't know, but they were um, older. They were adults. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. So... She described how two of her children had died. Then those, th- that information matched the details that Patricia had about her uh, biological, biological mother. mother. Oh, my God. And so she was like, wait a second. So those details match what Patricia had seen in an adoption papers, which indicated that she had two sisters and a brother and that only her older sister was alive. And she also saw that the woman who had died, the, the sister that had died was named Patricia, and she knew that they had the same name, which is super fucking weird. I'm like, did did your biological mom name you before she left, or did you just happen to get the same name from 
whoever That's named so you. so weird. Super weird. And so I knew she, her stepsister's name was her half sister's name was Patricia because I don't know if she had her on the show. She or, did have her on okay, the show. Yeah. Okay. I did because I I remember seeing her and stuff. Yeah. Um. So later, she found out more details that match, including the fact that Oprah was born in 1954, the same year um, that Patricia knew that her surviving sibling was born. And so she's like, oh, my God, all these facts match. I'm fucking Oprah Winfrey's There's no way. There's no way. (laughs) Can you imagine? I can't even. That would be unbelievable. So she, for three years, she kind of, she did try to contact Oprah and her mother, um, her biological mother, and didn't get a response because... Like, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure. Oprah's people are like, okay, ladies, step yeah, off. right. They yeah. probably read the letters before yeah. they give them to Oprah, and they're like, okay, yeah, you're her sister. <laughs> yeah, sure. So is everybody else. You imagine how many people are probably saying, yeah, stuff right. Like that? Yeah, but she never told anyone. Never sold her story to the press, um, and that is ultimately why Oprah trusted her mm-hmm. enough to meet her because she was like, she could have gone to the press a lot of. Then I think other people in her family had done things like, like, that. Weird shit like that. Yeah, yeah. and so. She was like immediately trusted her because she she mm-hmm. knew that what the type of person she was. I think she said this on the show. Yeah, I, I think, think she did I re- too. I think I remember this. Um, so Oprah ended up buying her house, a five hundred thousand dollar house, which I was kind of like, really a five hundred thousand? You're a billionaire. You couldn't buy a bigger house. <laughs> I know, but here's the thing: the bigger the house, the more the utilities, the more the property taxes and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, but she also gave her a monthly stipend. Ugh. Um, but I don't know if she like did that forever, but she did it so she could go back to school and uh, not have to worry. And so okay. Patricia had grown ch- children already. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think she was living alone. But I mean, a $500,000 house back in what year was this? Depending she's on... still a billionaire. <laughs> I know, but depending on where you live, too. I mean... Which I guess would have been like probably like a million dollars now. I feel like I if somebody know. bought you a house that was... You know, more than $500,000, right? And yeah. it's like, that's a lot of space to fill up. And that's true. And utilities and yeah, cleaning. Fuck, I guess who's going to clean that goddamn thing? Uh-uh. No. Give me my little two-bedroom cottage. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I can clean it in, like, two hours. And she's living alone, so, like... Yeah, no. I but think that's... how much is Oprah's <laughs> I mean, I don't I know. know. But, yeah, but Oprah also has people cooking and cleaning for yeah, her. Yeah, that's you know? true. That's true. That's true. And it's Oprah's money. Yeah. But I just thought it was funny because it's like, oh, she's a billionaire. And then she's like, oh, I bought her sister $500,000. I know. But you think about if her sister probably, I mean, she would grow up in the foster care system and she probably. I mean, it was probably like a mansion to her. Yeah. Oh, my I'm God. Sure. I'd take a $500,000 house. Oh, no, I for sure would take it. And I'd be very thankful for it. I'm yeah. just, I just, when I read that, I was kind of like, hmm. Yeah. I mean, maybe she let her pick it out. Who knows? That's like right? when I told my, um, asked my sister, we were playing that game. You like, well. What would you do if you won the lottery? Yeah. And, like, what kind of house would you buy? And my sister's like, yeah, I'd buy a big house. I'm like, what would you buy me? Like, would you buy me a house? And she's like, yeah, I would, like, build a, um, like, a a guest house for you to live in (laughs) on my property. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) It was like, we were talking, like, the the billion-dollar lottery. I'm like, you're going to buy me a guest house? She's like, and to this day, she's like, it would be a big guest house. She's like, it'd be like a regular size house. I'm like, yeah, but you're a million, you're a billionaire. Because she'd want you to, to be to not want to stay in the guest house and come in her house and keep it clean. <laughs> That's what she'd want. But um, yeah, but maybe also too, maybe the sister picked it out. Maybe she's yeah, maybe you're it probably was like right. where she wanted to live. And, and and honestly, I don't think you'd want 
like I wouldn't want my sister to buy me a million dollar house. I mean, no. I'd want my sister to buy me a million dollar house, but not if I just met her. The only reason I'd want a house that expensive is is, is a, uh, based on location, right? Like, so it was like right on the beach. So it was like um, maybe a five hundred thousand dollar house anywhere else, but yeah. it was like two million dollars because it was on the beach or it was yeah. on a lake or whatever. Yeah. Well, my sister better buy me a big house if she becomes a billionaire. Bitch, yeah. Christina. Come on. So her sister actually died from an overdose. She was an addict. Wait. Um, no, oh, not just Patricia. Looked it up. Her, just looked it up. Yeah. Okay. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> um, and her brother died from AIDS at 29. Oh, God. But they didn't, it said she didn't have a good relationship with her brother. That's so so I don't know. I mean, I'm sure the dynamics there were crazy. You know? I mean, I can't even imagine. Yeah. So <clears throat> to go back to what I missed, in 1986, Oprah started dating Stedman Graham. 86. Wow. Um, so they met one year before, one year after I was born. When I was one, they met. That's so <laughs> funny. Um, who's a businessman and an author. And she had seen him around town with his girlfriend a bunch and never really paid attention to him. This was before she was, like, big time. And um, one day they were both visiting a mutual friend who was ill and later died of AIDS. And when they left, she was like, hey, you want to grab a beer? And he turned her down. He's like, I don't drink beer. (laughs) (laughs) And it didn't say if they actually went out that night or not, but it didn't sound like they did. Um, And she said he has never had one drop of alcohol the whole time she's known him. Really? Yeah, not one single drop. That's so interesting. And she said, I drank a lot of beer back then. (laughs) (laughs) So um, she said he was so tall and handsome that she definitely thought he was a player, and so did everyone around her. Yeah. Um, But soon after that, she, um, she found out that he was no longer with her, his girlfriend, and they started dating and realized they had a com- connection immediately. And he was legit. She, she said something like, everyone will ride in a limo with you, but who's going to catch the bus with you? Aww. And that's how she knew Stedman was, like, real. He, yeah. Right. right. Um, and I think he's just like Gail. Like he, um, from everything I read, like he was happy with his life Mm -hmm. and he was okay with her being her and and doing her own thing. Yeah. Like he didn't feel competition or he didn't feel like he had to be the bigger, you know, provider or anything, Mm -hmm. which (laughs) you couldn't with Oprah. Right. And I didn't know, but he, he had a, he has a daughter. I never knew that. And a granddaughter and a, and grandkids. I feel like I know that, but I don't. Like, I don't. I feel like, like there's something in the back of my mind that's yeah. like, did you know that? So I don't know if the relationship know. with Oprah, I don't know. I find that very strange because but, Oprah never mentions it. You never see, like. Yeah, but pictures. she doesn't talk about yeah, Stephen very, a lot either. They're very, um, but, but on, like, um, I follow her on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And when she met, like, Gail's grandbaby, who she's the Godmother, Godmother of, yeah. it was like this big like event, big thing, big mm-hmm. party, and it was um, like she put it on Instagram and all this. But maybe, maybe his daughter just doesn't just maybe doesn't want to be doesn't want to be in any kind that of maybe that you might be right, media yeah. or whatever. That, and so that, that could be just. True. But I, I just feel like she's very private about certain parts of her life. Yeah, 
And she's like very public about other parts. So I don't, you know, so it could just be that Stedman's daughter's like, I want nothing to do with yeah. media or anything like that. That's I'm true. sure she still gets, I don't care if she tells Oprah she doesn't want it. You know, she still gets harassed. By yeah, I'm sure. And stuff. She has to. Or maybe she doesn't because they don't know who she is. And it's possible that like when she was a kid and Oprah was dating him, her mom was like, yeah, absolutely exactly. don't put my kid on any. Yeah. I mean, it could just be that she... She's kept like she wants her life to be private, which you can't half blame her. Oh, no, I can't. I mean, we need to be famous. But otherwise, I can. (laughs) We have to protect our children. So he proposed to her. Our children. Our children. In 1992. But they still are engaged to this day. Oh, my God. I didn't even know they were engaged. Isn't that funny? Um, I knew they never got married. She said she really wanted him to ask. But once he asked, she was like. Okay, I'm glad you asked because it shows you're committed and that this is real. And but she didn't want to get married because she didn't want to give up her. Um, she was like kind of married to her show and her, her career. And yeah, everything. and yeah. she's like, marriage changes things, and I don't want to go down that path. And I, I mean, like, for, for, I mean, for every practical purpose, they're pretty much married. Right. You yeah. Exactly. I mean? yeah. So it's like, I mean, they live in the same house. So they're. I mean, I don't know. Depending on where their main residence is, they have several houses, but like in Virginia, they would be yeah. legally married because they lived together so long. Um, but it sounds like the house in Hawaii, the house in L.A., yeah. the house right. in Chicago. <laughs> so they have always been really private, but he did appear on her show three times. And in one of those appearances, he said... We have what a lot of people have who are in a relationship, and we've been in a relationship for a long time. That's not always an easy thing to do when you're a man in a relationship with a very powerful woman. So I'm not, and I'm, and so I'm not threatened by her fame or her success or all of that. So that's who she is. It doesn't have anything to do with how I define myself, Hmm. which is why their relationship has worked because he doesn't, yeah, I mean, he's himself and she's herself and. Yeah. He's fine with that. I, I feel and like you have to be to be oh, yeah. married to someone like that. Oh yeah, for sure. There can't be jealousy or no. or anything. I feel like they live a very I don't know, I mean they appear I should say they appear to live a very balanced kind of you know, just yeah simple as far as a relationship goes, life. And that's everything I read, that's what it seems like. Yeah. So in two thousand and seven she opened the Oprah Winfrey Leadership Academy for girls in oh, South Africa. Yeah. Which that. is a boarding school where disadvantaged girls are given the opportunity to change the world. She calls them my girls. She calls them my my girl daughters or my daughter girls or some, something weird something like, that. like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she seems very close to yeah. to all of them. In 2013, Obama awarded her with the Pre- Presidential Medal of Freedom. He said, um, when he was honoring her, he said. Early in her career, they told her that she should change her name to Susie. And early in his career, they had told him that he should change his name oh my because God, Barack. That's funny. Yeah. They said that people could relate to Susie, but it turns out people can relate to Oprah just fine. Hmm. Fuck yeah. That's Oprah Winfrey. Oh my God, she's so amazing. I know. I love her. I she's mean, so amazing. Of all the things I read, and I. I did a lot of Googling and, like, mm-hmm. looking at different articles. And um, I, I didn't read anything bad about her. There was nothing bad about her. No. I mean, she stands her fucking ground. Yeah. And I think people don't fuck with her. 
I think that they don't like they they just decide, you know, she goes, I mean, I'm sure she's had shitty business dealings. I'm sure she's had men proposition her in business. Oh, dealings. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure, sure she's had her fa- fair shake of all that crap. Yeah. And or her racism, shitty shake of all I'm that sure. crap. Yeah. But she I think from the beginning, from what she's a she gives the appearance from that from the beginning, she was not going to take shit from anybody. Yeah. And she made it on her own. And she's amazing. I mean, she really made it on her own. I mean, she didn't a, have what a role model for those girls. That, no, you know, no kidding. School. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, she, there was. Um, I watched a. There was a thing. I don't know if it was on Instagram or something. It was her. It must have been on Instagram. It was her um, Thanksgiving. She had a bunch of the girls from the school there. And a bunch of people yeah. were all there, and she was doing like a big Thanksgiving dinner, and the table was like, you know, like a huge. city block long. Yeah, I was like, oh my god. So she's still um, on Instagram. She's still like, her and Gail are always still hanging out. They go hiking together, yeah. and Gail's like, this is fucking so crazy. I know. What are we doing? <laughs> when are we going to have some wine or champagne or something? She always says that. It's so funny. So it's really cute. I mean, yeah. it makes me happy for her knowing like where she came from. That she has two people in her life that are so stable. Yeah. And, so good to her you know absolutely and i I mean mean, she's obviously good to them but yeah i mean to have a friend i feel like she's just like such a good friend to have yeah so much better than you god well look at what i have to deal with (laughs) (laughs) jk so you guys if you like that give oprah a ring and tell her and then (laughs) Like we said earlier, go on our Instagram, go on our, uh, on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us and like, rate, and review and follow our podcast and share with friends. And then if you want to reach out to us, uh, give us some suggestions on people you'd like to hear about. You can contact on our social media, us on social media at No Ordinary Women Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok and on Twitter, or what is it called now? X. It's oh not Twitter God. anymore. I don't even it's know. X. On X at no or really ORD women pod. So until next week, ladies and gentlemen. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.